Hi, and welcome to Bliss This House, Home Organizing with Maria Grove. I'm Maria, your host. I'm a professional home organizer with years of experience tackling clutter and helping build sustainable organizing solutions in my clients' homes. This podcast will teach you how to have fun with organizing, build good habits in your home, and a little bit of design. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Maria. I am very happy to have a guest with us today. His name is Matt Paradise, and he is with Vernon Street Publishing, where he has just published his recent book on finances. And Matt reached out to me on Facebook and said, I think I'd be a great guest for your audience. And I'm very excited to talk to him. I love talking about finances and organizing our finances. So welcome, Matt. Thanks, Maria. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started and tell us about your book. Sure. I'd love to. Um, So my business and my career has been financial education. Um, So for over 20 years, I've taught, coached, counseled uh, over 100,000 people, uh, all different walks of life from high income earners, high net worth individuals um, to those who make a lot of money, but also have a lot of debt. Um, to those who struggle just to to get by uh, and live check to check. I've gone into prisons and schools as young as preschool, uh, all the way up to senior citizen centers. Um, so it, it really has run the gamut and it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. It's been a learning process for me. When we talk about organizing our homes, our lives, our finances, it's an ongoing learning process. I think Marie Kondo, we've seen um, lately even abandon a little bit of her um, past way of organizing her house and realizing, wow, kids come with a lot of mess and stress and just trying to force one specific path doesn't necessarily lead to a whole lot of joy. Being flexible is is really, really important. So I, I appreciate that lesson that she learned and shared as well. Yeah, no, I love that. Everything went out the window with that third kid. That was, that was great. And it, you know, it made everybody who has ever struggled with children or just getting their house in order. Like, I think she became even more approachable at that point because she just, she was like, yep, this isn't working. And I have children and stuff and I have to be more flexible, like you just said. So that's perfect. So, so tell, tell us about your newest book. Yeah. So my book is called Financially Capable, A Friendly Guide to Building Whole Health Wealth. And it's organized into three different sections. The first section is understanding the financial environment that we all live in. And some of it is within our control and some of our environment is outside of our control, just like where we live, right? There's some things in our house that we can organize and structure a certain way, but then there's other things like street cleaning and um, the way that school pickup may or may not work according to our schedules and school and all of the things, right, that are just beyond our control. So with finances, we operate within an economic system here in the United States and understanding some of the different regulations and how banking works and all of those things is is really, really important. The first section also gets into systemic racism. And again, that gets into some of what individually, we may not have power to change, but affects all of us, whether we realize it or not. There's a huge wealth gap in this country. And we see it in Connecticut. I'm in Massachusetts, though I grew up in Connecticut, all over New England, but across the country, the data is clear. There's an economic wealth gap, the haves and haves nots. 
um, and the middle class has been shrinking. And it's even more difficult to make the ends meet for so many people. So a lot of that gets into history and how history and legislation affects people, um, people of color, but also affects everybody. So our financial environment is really, really important to understand as we all operate within it. The second section of the book deals with financial psychology, our behaviors, our attitudes, um, the biases that we have. So the psychological aspect is, is really, really important, one for overall health and well-being. So it's not a traditional follow these rules and get the most amount of money type of book. It's everybody's path is different. And I think it's similar to organizing our homes. Everybody's home is different. We all have different cultures that we come from, different backgrounds, different family values, different personal aspirations, goals, dreams, visions that we have for ourselves and our families. And with personal finance, it's similar. So the idea of whole health wealth throughout the book is that the different facets of well-being are inseparable. I can't just focus on my finances and ignore the organized house and think I'm going to have happiness, right? If I'm tripping over stuff or stepping on Legos in the middle of the night, that hurts, um, regardless of how organized my finances are. Um, and similarly, if our house physically is really, really organized, but in the background, debt is mounting, and with that debt comes lots and lots and lots of stress, then there is no peace. So really, the different tenets of well-being are inseparable. The emotional aspects, the physical aspects, uh, the psychological aspects, the financial aspects. So that second section, financial psychology, is, is really important, how our minds work, why we choose to do what we do. And then the third section is what I call the nuts and bolts um, of financial education. So it gets into understanding that dirty B word, budget, that nobody really likes to talk about. As soon as you bring it up, everybody's like, <laughs> thanks, I'm good. Um, and it gets into credit and credit reporting and scoring and gets into basics of investing and understanding a will that it's not just for wicked rich people, but even if you have any type of belongings, if you have a dog and don't have a will, if something happens to you, then who's going to care for that dog? If there's not a plan to be able to take care of our beloved pets, let alone children and um, other things, having those documents in place is, is important for most people. Um, so getting to understand those nuts and bolts is, is critical to becoming financially capable. But those three sections of the book are the three components of what's necessary to become financially capable for anybody. Wow. Well, I'm ending this podcast right now and I'm heading over to Amazon to buy your book. Um, I, I just, that just sounds amazing that, I mean, that is, I mean, I, I really love the financial environment. I think that's really great learning a little bit about where we are and how it works. And, you know, I think, <laughs> I think everybody in America learned a little bit about the beginning of, um, the banking institutions from the musical Hamilton and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, great now, point. and, and then what I like, I liked what you said about like what, what I refer to as the silent to-do list those things that are weighing on you that, that you, so we, we were talking about, you could have the most organized house, but if you have debt, then that's a silent to-do list. That's, that's not causing you peace. It's not giving you peace in your life. You have constant things to do. Um, 
And so when, when you have debt, when you have credit cards, when you, when you don't have the financial documents like a will, you know, there's so much to do. Um, and some people just put it off. And they say they bury their head in the sand and they don't want to talk about it, which is why I like talking about it on the podcast. I've become more interested in being financially educated and I'm trying to do better with my own finances. And so I really wanted to talk to a lot more experts. Awesome. Yeah. And I appreciate the conversation. As I said, I'm learning through the process, right? Because we continue to change and evolve throughout life, whether we want to or not. Um, even if we try to stay the same, everything around us changes. The rules of banking and finance today are different than they were 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. And 25 years from now, things will look much, much different. So similar to cleaning our houses, right? Cleaning products are much different now. We can go down the aisle and there's like a thousand different things, different sponges, different mops, different cleaning products, different rags, different new gadgets to get the job done. The same principles and foundations are still the same, right? Can still get like a diluted vinegar solution and get the counter clean enough, um, even though there's lots of distractions. With personal finance, it's similar too. There's lots and lots of different options and lots of people selling all kinds of things. Boiling everything down to the fundamentals is important so that we don't get lost with it. And like you said, Maria, have that silent to-do list, which just can gather in the back of our minds and cause so much disease, mm -hmm. right? And I know that um, mental health is, is huge. Um, we're recording this now in September, which is um, Suicide Awareness Month. And that mental disease is significant. It's huge. And it can just go untreated. It can go ignored. I know too often throughout my life, I've tried the head in the sand method and just ignore my problems and hope they go away. But eventually I need to come up from air and take my head out of the sand and the problems are still there. So it can become overwhelming when we think about tackling sometimes what seems like an insurmountable situation, right? Whether our houses are cluttered um, and we're not sure what to tackle first or with our finances where we get so much debt and our expenses are greater than our income and there's more and more things that come constantly, children who grow out of clothes, food expenses that continue to increase, all of the above. Inflation has hit hard, even just through the pandemic, and our incomes haven't risen to meet that increasing expenses. Exactly. So I guess I'd be interested in how people go about addressing their financial insecurities. And, you know, just so you can, so like they can hire someone like myself to organize their home and to teach them sustainable methods for keeping their organized home nice and clean and tidy. And so are there financial educators like yourself who offer classes? I mean, obviously picking up your book is a, is a good first step. Um, how can people get the help they need if they weren't taught the techniques in school or by their parents or, you know, or they just are not vibing with their partner in the way that they do it and they need to do it another way. I think that's uh, an all important question. Um, financial education is, is a really huge subject. Um, so I believe that financial education in schools is important. 
-hmm. Massachusetts, I've led advocacy efforts and we've passed some legislation uh, to at least have academic standards. Um, anybody that's familiar with our academic system, educational standards don't mean a whole lot because they're not on the standardized tests. And teachers are re essentially required to teach the test whether they really want to or not. Um, in many states across the country, financial literacy has been really moving forward in K to 12. Um, so from kindergarten, yes, young ages and um, little kids watch us, they watch what we do, whether it's how we clean our house or manage our finances, um, the developing mind is like a sponge, right? So it starts at an early and young age. Um, so there are some fantastic books um, that are out there. Beth Kolbliner um, is New York Times bestseller. Um, how to make your kid a money genius, even if you're not, is one example. Um, how to turn a million dollars is a kid's book. Um, there's there's many different examples. Um, I encourage and recommend for any of the parents that are listening um, to advocate even in your schools. Ask your teacher, hey, what's going on? Um, there are two fantastic organizations that come to mind. One is the Jumpstart Coalition, and the other is Next Gen Personal Finance. And both have some fantastic resources for parents, for teachers, for community members. And they both provide some great curriculum. And they also provide work around advocacy and advocating bringing in educate, financial education into schools. Um, so that's important. That doesn't directly answer your question though, Maria, mm -hmm. of what do I do when I'm beyond that? It, yes, the kids are important. Yes, the foundation's important, but right now, I'm stressed and there is help. And I think that that's an important thing to know and understand. I'm sure um, for many clients that sit and think about uh, having a coach or having a mentor or somebody even to clean or organize their home, probably debated it. That's not really like a window shopping impulse purchase. Um, oftentimes it's something that we might ruminate for days, weeks, months, even years until we actually get around to, to call somebody for help. So I think that the first thing to know is that there is help and there is hope. Oftentimes when we lack hope for a better situation, less death, less stress, less financial worry and anxiety, when we lack hope, we tend not to make the best decisions for our futures, whether that's physically, emotionally, spiritually, whether that's with our money. And yeah. I know that to be the case for me. Um, so knowing that there's hope is really important. So there is coaching. I don't provide one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I work with different companies, corporate individuals, corporate um, sponsors uh, to provide the coaching and financial education workshops and seminars, um, keynote speaking, things like that. Um, but there is coaching that's available. So. Um, for anybody that's familiar, as an example, um, tax season is a little ways away, but it's never too soon to plan. Um, the earned income tax credit is one phenomenal uh, resource for those who might not make buckets of money, um, might not know where to turn, but there are free tax prep companies through VITA, Voluntary Income Tax Assistance. So if you just search VITA, it's set up by the federal government. Uh, so the IRS sets it up and certifies different places to provide free financial tax prep, but also 
Many of the Vita sites across the country also provide free financial coaching. Um, so at, uh, at, at one level. So at the other end of the extreme, there's certainly um, financial advisors and um, no shortage of that. Uh, people who would be happy to stand in line and take people's money um, and provide coaching and the service and done for you. Uh, not everybody has that money and some people do and that's fantastic. Um, so I mentioned those ends of the spectrum because um, you know one, they're both on the extreme, one is completely free, one might be really, really expensive. And then in the middle, there's a whole lot of different options for individuals. Um, so generally a done for you service is one, not for everybody, um, because it might be expensive. Some listeners might have the money to hire somebody. Um, some um, financial coaches or financial advisors might not help somebody unless they have over 100,000 or $500,000 in uh, net assets. So uh, net, that basically is looking at all of the money, investments, everything that you have and taking away any liabilities, any debts. What's left over is that what they call net worth. Um, I don't really like to use net worth because it implies like that's all that I'm worth is this bottom dollar line. And no, that's not true. Um, just because someone might have less money than someone else, they might be really, really rich in so many other things. And I think that's an important misconception, one, that our value is directly tied to the amount of money that we do or don't have. And that's just not true, completely not true. Um, same with our homes. Right, a, a house, the, the walls and our roof, that's shelter, but the love that we put into it makes it a home. And just because I have more walls or bigger walls or my roof is taller than yours, doesn't mean that there's more or less love in that home. Yeah. With personal finance, it really similarly is important for us to keep the personal and personal finance, to figure out first what we need and then to figure out the plan to make that happen. And that plan might include a financial advisor or coach or additional education. And again, there's not shortage of it. And in my book, Financially Capable, uh, there's additional resources and websites and um, beyond just the couple hundred pages of the book, um, a lot that individuals can dig into and directions to go in. Um, but ultimately gathering all the information, just like with a home, we need to assess, if we're gonna organize our home, we need to assess what we're dealing with. If you know we go into to think about, okay, what do I organize now? What do I have? I have no idea, like closets of stuff, an attic of stuff, a basement of stuff, I don't know what's there. Well, then it's impossible to organize and that's when it really becomes overwhelming. We need to understand what we're working with, maybe what we might need to get rid of, maybe. I know in our home um, after the summer now, uh, in the start of school, we went through and started to find out, hey, we have a lot of stuff. Kids clothes that don't fit anymore. We don't need to keep those. Somebody else will be happy to have those. Um, so we donated them um, and it clears up clutter in the home. So making that inventory list is, is important when we're organizing our home. With our finances, it's similar. We need to know what we're working with. We need to understand all of our income. We need to understand all of our expenses. So I know, again, I mentioned the dirty B word. We don't like to talk about budgets, but ultimately having that organization of finances of what's coming in, what's going out is really just a list of priorities. Don't think of it as just a, a budget too often comes with a negative connotation. And this is that second part of my book, the financial psychology. 
When we feel defeated, then we are defeated before we even start. And a lot of times we feel defeated. We look, we turn on the TV and see millionaires and we see people rich and we see nice cars in the school lot. And we feel like less than, and we try to keep up with the Joneses and have this and have that. And what we don't realize oftentimes is just because someone has a shiny penny look in life, doesn't mean they actually have everything together. The data shows a lot of those individuals have a lot of debt and a lot of stress from that debt and run on a treadmill just to try to keep up appearances. So having really just taking inventory, taking that moment to take a deep breath, maybe have some help from a coach, maybe it's a trusted friend. We might not have money for the, at the moment for uh, a coach or an advisor, but even just a trusted friend or family member who can sit with us and say, you know, this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. I know for myself, uh, mentors have made all the difference in my life. People who I can trust and trust their advice and counsel makes all the difference. Someone who can sometimes gently nudge me, maybe just give me a hug sometimes, or sometimes just like kind of knock some sense into me and be like, oh, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you think that? Um, and put me on the right track. Right? We need all of those things um, and people in our lives to help accomplish it. But taking inventory is a, is a first step. When we're not sure what to do, um, when our financial situation feels insurmountable, taking even one step to take a look at what our income is. We can all do that. Take a look at our expenses. That can be tricky, right? We don't always know exactly what we spend. We might have an idea, well, like a coffee on the way in to dropping the kids off to school. And then I was rushing to a meeting before and after work and had to get lunch out. And I just grabbed a sandwich. It wasn't that much, but then life happens and it gets busy and stressful and chaotic. But writing down those different expenses and having an idea where the money goes allows us to then start to really take control rather than be controlled by our money. I have two things that I want to talk to you about. Um, so one thing you were talking about financial education, and uh, I think that's so important. My oldest always says, why wasn't I ever taught taxes like in high school? Like, so they actually took a financial education class their senior year of high school. And um, what was interesting was last year I took, I started taking some classes at a local college in anticipation of thinking about getting another degree. And so I was considered a freshman at my advanced age. And I had was assigned financial literacy um, as it had nothing to do with what I was studying, but every freshman was assigned a financial literacy um, package that you had to do. And it was online and it took about four hours and it was all about your student loans and how you can pay them off early and how getting a job during college can help you offset your student loans and how you can make good responsible choices. And here's what a budget is and everything. And I was so impressed. You know, I, I just, I took the class because I mean, it was, it was required, but I, but I, I thought it was fascinating and it really helped me get on an interesting mindset shift when it came to my finances. And then the other thing that I'll say is that uh, my husband's company actually offers financial planning as like a free service through their company. And as a spouse of that company, 
I was able to get onto like a half an hour call with a financial educator and talk through some of my budgeting. And that was all for free. That was, that was part of the employee engagement wellness kind of thing. And you were saying you work with businesses too. So um, is that common in businesses? Is that something that more businesses are offering to their employees that you could take advantage of like as a free service? There are many companies that offer services like that. Um, many companies have what's called an EAP, Employee Assistance Program. Um, so for listeners, if you're not sure, you can ask HR, ask your human rep resources representative uh, if they have an EAP service. Um, especially larger companies oftentimes do, and it's usually um, now more and more sold even as part of the company's insurance package. Um, so there's a lot of different services that are offered, but it's hard to know what they all are without asking. Um, but yeah, many, many certainly do. Um, so I, I have worked with employee assistance programs in the past. Um, and then there's smaller companies who might not have the money um, or a huge budget to negotiate an employee assistance program. And they might just bring somebody like me in to teach some workshops um, just on a, a scale that um, might not have hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of employees, but maybe they have 10 employees um, or uh, much smaller. So there is some counseling there. Uh, another way that listeners can find some um, free budget counseling as well is by going to nfcc.org, so .org. Um, so credit, the credit counseling industry um, is, is huge. And there's a lot of misinformation because it gets into credit repair and so many other things where there can be a negative connotation. Um, non, Not-for-profit credit counseling agencies provide free financial education and free budget counseling and some coaching as well. Um, many people approach credit counseling for debt management programs. They get into debt, they're stressed and not sure what to do. Um, so the NFCC is actually um, a broad organization of many different agencies. So you can actually be connected directly to a local agency uh, to you to speak to somebody for free. And it can be as personal and in-depth as listeners want it to be. You can call and say, you know, I'd like to remain anonymous with uh, my name and social and all of that, but I really, really need some help in creating a budget and understanding my expenses. And a reputable nonprofit credit counseling agency will do that for you. Um, so they can also get into credit and understanding credit reporting and looking at different um, options with debt and other services. Um, but that's not all that they offer. That's amazing. Well, that's a great tip. Thank you. And that's a great place to to kind of end our conversation. I, I You've provided so much information. I have so many things to put into the show notes. Um, Next Gen Performance, Jumpstart Foundation, nfcc.org. I'm just, I'm really, I'm going to make sure that everyone can um, access those uh, agencies and, you know, talk about maybe an EAP at, at their work or their spouse's work. And you know, maybe they can take advantage of some free resources to financially organize their house. Um, you know, because there's, you know, I talk about like, there's your financial house and then there's your house house. And, you know, I, I can help you organize your house, but um, you, you need to get your financial house in order. And it's a, it, getting a little education and getting a help is, is the most important thing. So I hope we've inspired people to do that today. I hope so too. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. 
Um, all the resources that I mentioned today and many, many more, I do have available for free on my website uh, that anybody can go to www.mattparadise, just M-A-T-T-P-A-R-A-D-I-S-E.com. Um, so all of the extra links and resources even that are in my book are available for free. Um, so there's lots, uh, lots and lots and lots of resources there that people awesome. can access. Great. Well, I usually ask that at the end, but how can people get in touch with you other than your website? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok? I do have a TikTok account and I'm <laughs> learning it. So don't come at me, um, <laughs> but help me. If you have a TikTok tip, I'd love to hear it. Um, I am on Facebook. I am on LinkedIn, uh, as well as my website, as I mentioned, um, has all that contact information. Excellent. And and I'll have everyone know that Matt um, connected with me on LinkedIn just today. And so he's my newest LinkedIn connection. And I'm very proud and happy to have him part of my connection on LinkedIn. So always, always looking to grow my connections. So thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> connecting and even your tips about organizing our homes is important to me too. That's definitely not a skill I have. My wife is much better than I am, uh, but together we we try to work and um, I learn along the way. So I'm not as frustrating to her with my piles of stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let me ask you my three questions. What is your greatest accomplishment? And it can be personal or professional or both. That's a tough one. Um, I guess in one word or well, a couple of words, One the one thing that stands out is staying alive. Um, I've gone through homelessness, I've gone through drug addiction, overdosed, um, and most recently actually went through bile duct cancer, um, had a liver transplant, um, and multiple setbacks and subsequent uh, surgeries over the past couple of years. So I suppose that's kind of a heavy answer to a short question, um, but staying alive has been no short accomplishment, um, but that's not my accomplishment alone. It's really by grace that I'm alive and grateful to be here. Oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. I'm I'm so happy that you you are with us. And um, as a fellow cancer survivor, congratulations. Thank you. Thank <laughs> so you. what is your favorite you book? It's hard to distill it down to one. I mean, because it sounds like totally self-centered for me to say financially capable. Well, you can um, plug your own book. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I'll have to say that it is a favorite um, just because it was that's my first book. It took a lot to write it, um, but it it's what's not self-centered is that the book is filled with wisdom from the 100,000 people plus that I've been able to teach, coach, mentor, and also learn from. Um, as we go through life, we continue to, to learn, and my hope is that I continue to, to grow and mature as well. So all that wisdom from all the people that I've had the pleasure of working with is is in there. So I've tried to give them credit where credit is due, definitely not just me. So. Uh, I'm proud of that. Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to read your book. I'm going to make sure that it's linked in the show notes and I hope people pick it up. Um, it's It sounds really important, a really good foundational financial education. Thanks. Uh, so what is your best organizing tip? Just start. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing. I'm I'm a procrastinator by nature. I love to do everything later. I'll get to it later. My wife's favorite time to get everything done is like yesterday. Um, and there's an old proverb that's like the best time to plant a tree is like 25 years ago. Uh, but the next best time is now. With organizing, getting started, it can be insurmountable, but taking one step. There's another quote that says a journey of a thousand miles starts even just with one step. 
taking that one step to get organized makes all the difference. We might not know exactly every single step along the way, but it'll come. Even if we make mistakes, that's okay. We take that one step and continue to learn. And as we know better, we continue to do better. Absolutely. I love that. Just get started. You know, and I think that um, by the time somebody reaches out to me to be a, their professional organizer, they have gone through an immense amount of personal reflection, frustration with their home. And I can imagine that the person who wants to reach out to a financial advisor and someone to teach them a little bit about their finances has gone through the same process. Embarrassment, frustration, um, stress, you know, so taking the first step and maybe visiting your website and taking a look at some of the free resources, um, that's what I want to encourage my, my listeners to do today. Thanks. And all those feelings are legitimate. They're real. Millions and millions of people feel that stress, worry, anxiety, shame, uh, all of the things. And it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. There is hope and there is a way to be able to get okay and reach the different goals that we have in organizing our homes and organizing our finances. And we're yeah. not alone as we do it. I love that. Well, that's a perfect place to stop, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm excited to organize my finances a little bit more. I'm going to go and balance my credit card statement since now that I've been talking to you. Very excited to do that. You know, take that first step in financial organization for myself. Awesome. Thanks, Marie. And I have some piles to clean up. <laughs> okay. Well, if you need anything from me, just text me. I'm happy to help. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Matt. And thank you everyone for listening today. I really appreciate it. Namaste. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more, join my free and private Facebook group. In it, I offer exclusive content and unique ways to work with me. It's like having access to your own personal professional organizer. The link is in the show notes to so join today. See you on Facebook.